Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ. Uh, We are the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I am joined today by the head of HR, Nathan McInerney. Yo, maybe actually a head of HR one day. We'll see. Ooh. Ooh. His head is in the clouds. AJ Fraser. How, Nathan, we gotta. I gotta ask, how's your face? Oh, it's better. My face is better. Good. Okay, uh, good. I'll that, tell, that, I'll, that, that seems like a horrible freak accident. You can tell us about it later. We'll, we'll address the story in a bit. And finally, we are joined once again by a very special guest. Uh, you may know him from Cutscenes, a video game podcast, and the Left Behind Game Club podcast. He's a mainstay within the Kind of Funny community in Canada and prone to spending too much time driving down Highway 401. I'm, of course, referring to the one and only Jacob McCourt. Woo! That's a great introduction. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, y'all have been doing this show for for almost no for over two years now, over and I'm so years. happy. Just about two years. 104 is two years, right? Yeah, pretty much. Technically, but there were a couple of weeks we did take off for you know personal reasons and stuff. But yeah, we're pretty expect- close. We are we are over two years in time, but just under two years in podcasts. Well, listen, so. congratulations on that. Anything, anyone who does a project for more than a year gets props from me, uh, but I'm so happy to be here today, especially with the topic that we'll get into later. Oh, yes. Oh, Ooh. yes. Uh, before we get started in full, a reminder is always that we here at PressYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. A uh, little bit of housekeeping that we want to get out of the way. Uh, on last week's podcast, we said that the campaign for Crossfire X uh, was going to be our YYZ review game. Uh, to catch you up to speak, Jacob, we've started a new initiative in 2022 where every two weeks we'll announce, hey, we're all playing this game together. Typically, it's a game that's available via usually, Xbox Game Pass. Usually a Game Pass game, just because it's so simple. J- nice. Just so that we nice. can all have something that we can kind of collectively talk about. Uh, we said last week it would be Crossfire X, uh, and then a multitude of different things happened. Um, Crossfire X came out, and people really didn't like it. Uh, then over the weekend, I actually um, listened to one of Kind of Funny's podcasts where they talked about Crossfire X. And one of the hosts mentioned, you know, the multiplayer is really, really bad. But the single player campaign itself is actually not that bad. And I thought, oh, maybe we were kind of mistaken from some of those tweets. Maybe this game is, or at least part of this game is actually worth playing. Uh, went and downloaded it. Turns out its single player campaign is actually paywalled even on Xbox Game Pass. And not only is it paywalled, but it's actually split into two parts that are both individually paywalled that are each $10. So it ultimately comes out to $20. I suspect, given that the campaign for this game was co-developed by Remedy, that it's probably not that bad. I trust people that it's not that bad, but regardless, the point is we're not doing Crossfire X anymore. Instead, next week, we will be reviewing Telling Lies, uh, which is not a new game, but it is a game that was uh, recently made available on Xbox Game Pass and luckily, thankfully, is uh, very well regarded. Uh, Item number two, Nathan, you hopefully at long last are going to be streaming a little bit of Lego Dimensions tomorrow, correct? 
Whoa. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm going to put this out there right now. I hope so. I'm working on a very big project for work and I have been all week and I need to have it finished Friday. So we'll see Boy. where I'm at going into. I didn't know I was going to have some stuff dumped on me because the person who was doing it has left. And I am picking up the slack of where it was left off to finish it. On the bonus, if I do it well, I might get their job. So we'll see. Hmm. I mean, that's a uh, pretty but good I'll bonus. Make an announce. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't want to put that out there. Um, but we'll see. So may tentatively i don't have the cool camera set up i wanted to get done done unfortunately so if i do stream lego dimensions i won't have the cool camera this week for building the lego in the portal all right so well we'll see much to be determined uh but something that is not to be determined because we already know it to be true is that we've all been up to various things over the course of the past week uh jacob you're a guest and i'd like to start with you what have you been up to yeah, so uh, I've been playing two games in the past week. Uh, I want to focus on talking about Death's Door, which is a game that Ooh. I just started playing uh, about a week ago, and I, I'm really enjoying it. I think um, I think Mitch said that he was he had also played it and really enjoyed it. Or right. Something this this a was a game podcast. that originally he didn't put on his top tw- top five games of. 2021 and then at the last second he changed it so it was on his top five games right yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like a like a zelda game like a like a not a 3d zelda game but it's like zelda game with a crow and then it's it's kind of modeled after dark souls but like not as difficult uh the music is very anime like uh it's relatively short it's like a i think it's it's like an eight to ten hour game i think i'm about halfway through it uh, the monster design or like the boss design and the boss encounters are definitely the highlight of the game. A couple different weapons, uh, a couple different spells that you can pick up. I, I think it's it's actually on Game Pass now. I purchased it over the holidays and then said to myself like, oh, first of the year, I'll play it. And then it ends up on Game Pass. I have such bad luck when I buy games on Xbox. They always end up on Game Pass literally the month after I buy them. Yep. So what I'm so, hearing is, thanks to Game Pass, we shouldn't buy games anymore. It's almost like Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. Wink. Wow. Yeah. I see wow. what you did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So none of y'all have played Death's Door. Does it interest any of y'all? I, I suspect I, I'll play I, it at I, some I, point. Yeah, I do want to get to it. I do enjoy Zelda games, so this seems like it would be up my alley. Um, so it's just a matter of getting to it. Yeah, less puzzle solving than an average Zelda game, um, but definitely like the combat is exactly that. I thought a lot of the Switch one uh, that was remade, the Link's Awakening, not a, Link's Awakening. It yeah. reminded me a lot of how that looked, and I, I hadn't played it, but from what it looked like, I'm like, ah, this. The the art style in this is very appealing, just from the video that that we're watching here. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Link's What's Awakening. the game that's coming out soon? That's the Fox Zelda game. Uh, Tunic, Tunic, Tunic. Yeah. Yes, right. it gave me Tunic vibes as well. Yeah. I tried okay. the demo for Tunic. I did not enjoy Tunic actually. So oh, same. No. Yeah, it, it was almost too hard. It was like Dark Souls, Zelda, which wasn't my jam. Hmm. And I don't know if we got the best section of the game when uh, we got the demo. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm obviously excited about it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was on Game Pass. It seems like the perfect game for Game Pass, but we'll see when that comes out this year. But yes, mm-hmm. Death Store is, is fantastic. A lot of fun. Cozy, I have to interrupt and just say that your uh, your setup may have screwed up there. I think Uh-oh. you're you're. Uh oh. Your secondary person, yeah. Whoopsies. Yep. Give me just a quick little second. Oh, that's odd. No yep. Uh, let's see. Oh. There we go. There. We All go. right. Hooray! If you're hey. an audio-only listener, just forget the past few seconds happened. <laughs> um, Darth Stridius in the chat says they. Uh, is amazing. They loved it. So I agree. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. Kyle's got good taste in games, typically. 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 Uh, <laughs> we, we, we play Wordle every day, so. Yeah, it's true. We do play Wordle every day. That's, yeah, on our, on our Discord, we have a uh, we have a thread under the gaming that is just, the you know, me, Nathan, and Kyle posting our, our daily Wordles, and Kyle goes the, uh, the next step and uh, does Gary Witta's Loodle as well. I got off day, Loodle. So. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, I didn't even intend to do that. Oh. Good job. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, gross. I mean, what Loodle is making us discover is that, you know, sexual paraphernalia and terms are all around us and in ways that we couldn't even imagine them existing. <laughs> My problem was I you was never too know good white at it. <laughs> Yeah, you never know what might look a little phallic with that's within arm's reach. So, so I understand, Jacob, that you've also been playing a little bit of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I have been. Yes, I finished the. How spoilery do we want to get here? I think I'm at a point in the game where I am. I am it's, good. I'm I, 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 I want to just it. say, with regards to spoilers, I've been trying really hard not to spoil myself on some of the later stuff in this game because I'm about maybe I want to say 40 to 50 percent through it. But it's been real tough, mm-hmm. especially today, because uh, the Pokemon Company put out a bunch of like high end renders of a lot of the new Pokemon and characters uh, from this game. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. crap, I meant to not spoil myself to that Pokemon, but there he is in his full HD glory. So if you accidentally spoil a little piece of the game here and there, we're not going to hold it against you. Okay. I think just saying, like, I'm at a point where I'm good, like, I saw credits and then things. Uh, sure. Very quick thoughts on it. Uh, it looks like dog water, especially on a TV. I think it's yep. the first game where I said like, hey, this is, we probably need new Switch hardware because this game doesn't look do, great. Here's, okay, first of all, do we? Because yes. it launched with Breath of the Wild. It did, you're right. Why didn't we just use that engine? It's a great question. Well, Breath of it's Wild not only that, that but like the world also is not, is just like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, like it's the yeah. same trees and ground just copy pasted over a, a large field. But you're you're totally right. Like Breath of yeah. the Wild looks five times better than this game and is yeah. densely populated. So it's probably a resource thing. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if it was an internal demo at Nintendo and then they were like, make it a game. Make it a game. You have nine months. Hey. Go. Yeah. Yeah. In our Mario voice. But no, I, I don't think it looks great. Literally, I think there's some novel cool stuff in it. I think the catching mechanics really interesting but the battle battling takes a back seat in a way that i don't 
Like, I don't like the battle system at all. And I don't know if you felt the same way, but the Pokemon that were, like, let's say five levels higher than you, or even, like, five levels lower than you, they, it almost seemed like it didn't matter. Like, wild Pokemon were a threat through the whole game. Yeah, it, it and like sometimes it could go either way where like it, you're either getting one shotted or you are doing the one shotting, right? And there, yep. it didn't, I didn't personally, the, the bit that I played, I have done three of the five things you do. Um, yep. <laughs> so, you know, the, the I, I just entered some sort of cave to give you perspective as to where I am. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, it, do, it doesn't feel all, like all that balanced. And like I mentioned it briefly, I won't go too too much into it. Uh, but on the, the previous podcast, I feel like I mentioned that I felt like there's something missing in Pokemon. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Pokemon Go and how the, um, the act of catching multiples of the same one kind of dilutes the attachment that you get to your party right like mm -hmm. i have fond memories of like original like gold and silver running around with my feraligator and i remember when i first got an ampharos after evolving my mareep um i remember like even the red gyarados like was always special like even yep. though you could technically find another one if you got lucky mm -hmm. but um you know, I, I have very fond, specific memories where I, like, there was a bond between me and my team. Um, and, and I feel like that's gone because they all feel so disposable now. Like, oh, I don't need this one anymore. It's not a 100%, you know, boss, get rid of it. Give me the candy. Uh, yep. Or, you know, hey, this one's not shiny. I don't need it. Whatever. And it's like, it kind of, something has something is missing something is has been lost because of that streamlined of catching multiple and gaining experience from we, that no for sure sorry I, go ahead please right. no you go um ahead. you know we talked about this on the podcast in the past like in the lead up to this game's release a lot of people speculated you know is this the uh, breath of the wildification of pokemon is it pokemon by way of monster hunter really what this game is is it's not mainline Pokemon by Breath of the Wild, it's Pokemon Go by Breath of the Wild. So much of the emphasis in this game is catching Pokemon over battling them or any of the other th things that you typically associate the Pokemon games it with. It was like that in Let's Go yeah. as well, right? And, and the thing is, is, I'm actually somebody that really enjoys Pokemon Go. I still continue to consistently play it. Not necessarily every day, but definitely a, quite a few times a week. Uh, but like when I sit down and, you know, come home from playing Pokemon Go, I'm not interested in playing more Pokemon Go on my TV or on my Switch. I want something that has a little bit more substance to it. Um, that being said, I have personally continued to enjoy playing this game. Uh, I haven't played it in the past couple of days, but I still am getting a kick out of it. But I do generally echo most of what the two of you are saying. Yeah, uh, I, I'm done with it. I'm very excited for Horizon. It comes out this Friday. So I'm hoping to wrap up Death's Door and then give me some Horizon. Sure. Nathan, Yo. I see you sitting there sadly in the corner because we have to talk about Pokemon yet again on this podcast. We talk about a lot of Pokemon. I'm just going to say yeah. that. I don't know if we know that. You what should have you been it. up to? I did play it. 
Um, well, I missed the podcast last week. So number one, I want to apologize for missing podcast 100. Oh. Unfortunately, last it's week okay. I had an accident at the gym and the you ex- yourself. No, I wish the exercise was to take a medicine ball, raise it high in the air and then slam it on the ground and then pick it up oh, no. and then repeat that. So I did what I was supposed to do at the hotel gym, but they didn't have a ball. They told me to use a 15 pound ball. All they had was an eight pound. I'm like, yeah, this will work. So I slammed it down on the ground. It immediately rebounded against the ground and rammed right up into my face. Um, it drove the, my teeth into the back of my lip and I was actually bleeding in my mouth for a good little while. You got cankers now? No. It, it, oh, and I was a little bit dizzy. I might have, I don't know. I don't know if I had a concussion or not, but like I've never really been punched before. But I feel like that's what being punched is like. Because when it, the ball hit me, I almost fell to the ground. So, Jeez. wow. Yeah. So I was a little bit out of it um, and basically couldn't talk well for a few days. So, um, so I'm sorry for missing episode 100. I really do apologize. That sucked. It was terrible. It's all right. Terrible thing. The, that's what you get. Yeah. Like the universe knew you were going to miss it anyway for some other reason. And it <laughs> threw that medicine ball in your face and was like, uh, and punished you before it even happened. It's like, what's that Tom Cruise movie where, was it Tom Cruise? Yeah. Uh, I live, forget. die, there, there repeat. was some movie where like, no, there, there was I a movie I thought you were about where, to say Hitch. Like he dances <laughs> and then gets an allergic reaction. I don't know. My brain was no, Hitch. Not quite. Um, no, there, there was a Tom Cruise movie where... Uh, I, I like they had a device where they could look forward in time and predict people. Oh, most they, to, um, to I know which crimes. one you're talking about. The, um, the, the Steven Spielberg vanilla one. sky. No, or? no, no. Um, minority uh, report. I know what minority report. That's it. Is that, is that minority? Report? Yeah, that's minority yep. report. Okay. Yep. I saw that in theaters. Wow. I'm that old. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have seen that in um, theaters. That was like that's true. Two thousand three, right? I could have done that. Yep. So, anyways, so yeah, so that's why I missed last week. Um, a few quick notes on things before I start talk about Forza. Uh, number one, just a little quick. I wrestling. like how I can't believe that the way that you presented that was like, of course Nathan's going to come on press YZ, and of course he's going to talk about Forza. Like, is there any question what he's going to talk about when we get to him? Cody Rhodes. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, So Cody Rhodes uh, left uh, AEW. And I allegedly can't believe that. It's not a work. It's a work. It can't be a work. It's a work. If it's a work, it's it's the most disgusting work ever because Brandy brought up charity stuff. (laughs) Oh, did she? Yeah. In her, in her email or her letter that she wrote, she thanked all the charities and everything that she worked with. Mm. while she was there it's not a work he's good he's gonna be in the wwe at an elimination chamber he's gonna be in the crowd or something wow they're gonna get him in a matchup mania which is i couldn't if you told me that like two months ago i would not have believed you even the news when it popped the other day i would not have believed but money uh, money talks i guess yep it does um so secondarily so we talked about that peacemaker finale tomorrow we are gonna be talking about peacemaker next week it's probably going to be my favorite show of the year. I can't see a show beating it. So if you haven't watched Peacemaker, catch up on it because it's fucking good. Um, and finally, let's talk about Forza Horizon 4. Four. <laughs> so That's the old one. Yeah, well, I did everything in Forza Horizon 5. Um, 
I have a thousand out of a thousand achievements and have in like the top 5,000 in the world. So, um, Jacob, just for context, Nathan has always been a PlayStation guy. Yep. He somehow, through, I don't know, some sort of peer pressure, was, was allowed to uh, budget into his monthly budget like an Xbox one month, and he got one, and now it seems like he's an Xbox guy. Woohoo! Welcome Out to the nowhere. club. Um, I still want to say PlayStation is probably my main platform because I do enjoy that DualShock 5. It feels mm-hmm. very nice. And things like the one thing I always pl- when I play Hor- uh, Force Horizon is I think how much better the adaptive triggers on the PlayStation 5 controller would be with it. Mm-hmm. Like just for that experience. Racing games are really, really good with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've been playing Force Horizon 4. I just want to update you guys on the um, Fortune Island DLC because I believe we talked about the Lego, Lego Valley DLC, correct? the lego yes. speed racers yeah. yeah i remember the lego stuff yeah yeah so i've done that that's all 100 percented uh i have mostly 100 percented the fortune island stuff i have to go back and do a few races but it's really cool the whole premise is is that you're on this island and there's a contest and basically how it works is you do a few races and once you get enough points it unlocks a clue and then it's like it gives you this this riddle and then you have to solve the riddle and usually it's like taking a specific car through like a specific uh pr stunt based on what they're called. And then once you do that and solve the riddle, it gives you a picture of where the chest is on the map and kind of like a general location. And then you got to go searching for the chest and you get like a million dollars or a million credits for it. And you basically there's 10 riddles on the island as you play through the game. So um, it's really cool. Um, It's a good piece of DLC. I'm actually really excited to see where the Forza Horizon 5 DLC goes. but then on that token, I am close. To, so Forza Horizon 4 has 3,610 achievements because they added a stupid Hot Wheels achievement when they down, added the Hot Wheels pack. But I'm at like 2,400 yep. of those achievements so far. And I'm wow. going to get all of them. That's my goal. And for reference, is Forza Horizon 5 only a 1,000 gamer score? Yep. Wow. So What's the roadmap? it doesn't have any DLC yet. Got it. What's the roadmap for DLC for five? They have not said. That's a bit of okay. a contentious point in the community at the moment. Um, I'm on the Reddit because I might be addicted to Forza Horizon. Um, but I'm on the Reddit a lot. And you either get people who really love the game. And let's be honest, 20 million players that they've had with it now. Um, the game's a smash success. It's brought in players who've never played a racing game or committed any time to racing games to it. But you have a lot of the people who started with the original series who say or who were very upset with the game. It's not enough content. It's not for them. They cater to people who don't care about racing. That sort of thing. So, well, they may be alienating some people from their ranks, but they've gained way more in the process. But I'm hearing rumors for March for DLC. I don't know if it's a full DLC pack. There's two expansions coming we can expect, uh, probably like the other two. And I don't know if the March one is going to be a full expansion or just maybe some new stuff put into it. I need to play five. It's really good. Like super, super good. Don't get banned. Don't get banned. Yeah. It, it's, uh, we're not getting into that story again. On it. Yeah. Go back and rewatch uh, or re-listen to press wise. The episode, what was it? 96, 95. One of the last Something ones of like last a, year. The, the thumbnail, the thumbnail has a fourth is a fourth. Yeah, that's so. right. Anyways, 
you've been up to anything lately, AJ? Uh, yeah, so last week I I mentioned that I had uh, just recently moved to the city. Um, Congrats, by the way. Acclimate. Thank you very much. I haven't um, seen you uh, talk so, to you since then. Congrats! Yay! <laughs> um, so I... Um, you know, we're just we're still getting settled and everything. We recently bought and built some uh, IKEA shelves and had to drill into um, the cement wall between units to fasten them to the wall to make sure that they don't fall over. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, the the so I'm in, I'm in a condo um, and you know the condo has a pool and everything. That was fun. Valentine's Day happened, um, so we, you know, it, Rachel and I uh, got to celebrate our first actual Valentine's living oh. together, um, which was nice. Ooh. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, and we just I I made a filet mignon, and she took care of the the veggies and potatoes beside it, and then we went swimming afterwards. So that was fun. Amazing news. But yeah, uh, we're still getting settled here. It's still a bit of a disaster in terms of a um, bunch of junk in here. But once once we we just finished building the shelves and uh, uh, fastening them to the wall, so now it's like figuring out the things we want to display and store on those shelves out there, and then we can uh, cut, then I can kind of focus a little bit more in in like this room, and it won't be such a such a mess. So, but yeah. Other than that, not not too much. I haven't had a chance to um, play too many games. I did make sure I turned on my Switch and I pre-ordered that um, uh, Mario Kart expansion yes, that's coming. That's right, in March, I guess. I pre-ordered that. Do you pre-order it if you have the stupid expansion pass? Because I have that. No. So, so if you have the expansion pass, it's included. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. What's the Canadian that's, price on that? 34 34 it, it comes to i think it comes to around there 34 for 48 courses it's worth it it's a little lame that's a slow drip and it's going to take him like two years to get all those courses out it's a slow drip and it should have been happening since 2017 yeah probably yeah um i'm excited to have more courses it'll give me a reason to come back and my family loves mario kart nights like my three boys and my wife play it um i don't play it anymore because i'm too good <laughs> you're not allowed to play it anymore well i would just always win and my wife's like why don't you let them win i'm like because they won't learn anything if i let them win <laughs> yeah so how old are uh, your boys again 11 9 and about to be seven i thought you were about to say yeah they're they're four two and one and i crushed them <laughs> at mario kart every time well i did that's why i'm not allowed to play anymore <laughs> they were those ages when when i was just was, gonna say when oh go ahead go ahead Sorry, I was just going to say when uh, when we did our um, twelve hour live stream back in November, um, and we we played Mario Kart for a little bit. I had Rachel over, and she um, she was on the uh, split screen with me, and so she got really mad at me because I didn't let her win there. Uh-huh. Um, and so you know, I kind of understand where you're coming from in that regard. You shouldn't let people win. I'm just saying. Yeah, like... no. It... We went go-karting once and like I let her lead like 
five or six laps of the 10 that we were doing around this go-kart track and then in the last one i just gunned it right around her i was like no nah, <laughs> come on you got don't be scared gun it when i went took the kids go-karting once um and my wife came yeah. with me and so i was in one go-kart with my kid uh parker and she was in a go-kart with connor um and it was funny because i lapped her and she wasn't trying to race quickly. She was trying to like stay on the track and everything. And I'm like, no, nah, let's floor this thing. <laughs> yeah. Go kart. I uh, yeah. don't want to bring the conversation down, but have either of you uh, been at all abreast Uh-oh. about some of the conversations that have been happening around the kind of graphical fidelity of the upcoming DLC for Mario Kart 8? Because when we last uh, did this podcast, we were literally like hot off the heels of the Nintendo Direct. We were all like super abuzz about how cool it was that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was getting new DLC. And in the weeks since, there have been a lot of people being like, oh, I don't love the way the DLC looks. This doesn't look as pristine as like some of the actual tracks that were originally made for the game. My opinion on it is that I don't particularly mind that much. I don't care that these tracks are more akin to remasters than they are utter kind of reinventions of prior Mario Kart tracks. Do kind of feel mm-hmm. like it would have been nice if we had maybe received these a little bit earlier on. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Where do yeah. you guys stand? I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, they, they don't look great necessarily. Like they could have done a little bit of work, up them and the, the textures and stuff, you know, added a, what, whatever the switch equivalent of ray tracing would be. <laughs> um, but I think the more interesting thing is the fact that the Mario Kart phone game yeah. is included in Jordan. these, which means technically they are considering that to be Mario Kart right. 9. So the next actual Mario Kart we get won't be Mario Kart 9 like everybody's saying. It'll be 10. Well, we don't know. And Jacob, what are your thoughts on the DLC and how it looks? Um, I kind of agree with y'all that like this seems like it's three years later than it probably should have been, given that it's mm-hmm. a Wii U remake that ended up on Switch that came out many years ago. Uh, I obviously the highest selling title on Switch, and that's why they're doing it. Uh, I'm excited, but again, I have the Nintendo Switch Online, right? So it's just something that I'm sure I'll turn on one time to be like, "Hey, Mario Kart," and then be done with it forever. Um, would they consider the arcade games canon though? Probably not. So I don't know if they, they'd consider tour yeah. canon. Well, the fact that they are putting Super Circuit tour is that maps, canon? The Super fact that they are putting tour maps in in the these packs, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's Mario Kart World Tour. The fact that they are putting those in that has to mean that they hold it to a higher regard than even that arcade one. So what I, do we? I would think. What do we have? We have Mario Kart. On SNES, Mario Hold Kart 64, Mario Kart Super yep. Circuit on GBA. We have yeah, Super Mario Circuit Kart counts. Double Dash. We have Mario Kart Wii. And then D- we... DS. DS. Then there was the 3DS, which was seven. Yeah. And then eight. So then I guess... Eight. Yeah, I guess they don't count. And, and there's, so maybe the next of, one is of course... Or they go with the numbers. And don't forget on, about... On the Switch, it's eight Don't two. forget about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which was a game that was made by the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dodgeball game devs. I don't think they count that yeah. though. 
that one yeah, that's another one they yeah, the one with the toy where you race it around. Yeah, the, like the, the AR game. Yeah, because you don't. There is no tracks. You make your own tracks. Yeah, exactly. Mario Kart I 10. Get that. Double dash two. That's what I want. Yeah, triple dash. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I want? Give me Nintendo All Star Kart. Yeah, I, I do think. To just sort of wrap up the kind of graphics discussion, I do think that a degree of people's frustration stems from the fact that these uh, DLC courses are most likely probably pushing off Mario Kart 10 slash X an extra little bit beyond whenever it would have released. And so I think that part of people's frustration at these these DLC comes from a place of like, oh man, it kind of sucks that these DLC, which don't look the best that they possibly could, are coming in place of us getting Mario Kart 10 sooner. But uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't feel like it's something really kind of worth crying all that much about. All right. I agree. Uh, On my end, I've not really been doing a whole lot over the course of the past week. Uh, I did uh, finally get around to platinuming NAC 2, which... Thankfully, it took so much less time than getting the original Platinum for NAC 1. Getting the Platinum for NAC 1 required me to, like, play through that game, like, four times. No joke. Uh, um, getting the Platinum... At least it's a great game. Uh, debatable. Uh, the NAC 2 Platinum, like, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. The process of getting the Platinum for NAC 2 was probably more enjoyable than actually playing the bulk of NAC 2 for the first time. Uh, <laughs> the kind of post-game of NAC uh, allows you to kind of play through all the levels using all the abilities you've unlocked and continue to kind of like upgrade and obtain any other abilities that you hadn't yet obtained. And like overall, it was just really kind of smooth and seamless to kind of jump in and out of levels, keep track of what you do and don't have. It, it was a good platinum on what was otherwise kind of a very meh game. Um, I did also get around to finish watching the book of Boba Fett. Uh, We've not talked as much about TV series over the course of uh, the past couple of weeks since the start of 2022 on this podcast. Uh, I do want to say a really good final episode. I had a lot of fun uh, with episode seven of the series series as a whole kind of all over the place to be totally honest uh, have you guys been keeping up with it i haven't watched one episode no uh i don't know why I, well i had a lot going on that's why i haven't but i haven't even been drawn like felt the urge or felt like i was missing out for some reason okay i don't well, know why yeah I, and i'm not i'm not a star wars human so hmm. This, this conversation is going to go... I haven't even seen all of the Star Wars movies. So, uh, yeah. Ask me if I've seen uh, Star Wars Episode 6. Because I have Have you seen Star Wars Episode 6? I have not. No, Have, have you not. seen uh, Star Wars... And- Wait, Episode 6, to be clear, is... The, th- of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. You haven't seen Return of the Jedi? I have Have not. you seen wow. uh, Ewoks Battle for Endor? I have not. This is what I've seen. I've seen the, the, the first ones I saw. I saw them in order. One, two, three, four, five, and then I stopped after five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't recommend it. You should it. continue. You should continue. Yeah. You, don't, you don't recommend stopping. I don't recommend starting think. at one. I recommend probably watching the original trilogy first and then well, going the, back to the prequels. There's also the, the machete order you could do. 
Have you have you heard of that? If you no, wanted to start again. So the machete order is like a a way that kind of like starts you on on a good note and uh it kind of ends you on a good note, right? Uh, now I did a <coughs> modified version of the the machete order with my girlfriend um, when I was showing Star Wars to her, mm -hmm. where we did episode four um, and episode five because that ends with the "No, I am your father" moment, mm -hmm. and then it's like, yes, she knew that through osmosis, but she was asking questions like, "Well, wait, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. What? How? How is that possible?" Yep. Right? Much like how Luke was. No, that's not possible. Yep. Then you go to one, two, three, and you you watch those and you kind of like learn like exactly how that was possible. Mm. Right? Um, get those ones out of the way because a lot of people like them now, it, it, you know, retroactively, but at the time they didn't when they first came out. But um, then you can end with end the, the, the original s six with Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Then you can continue forward with in, in like release order um, and kind of like continue the story. But if you think about then adding in things like Rogue One, um, love it or hate it, it's it's a really good new old Star Wars, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, that makes so, total sense. Uh I don't know. I just it's not something I'm I'm immediately drawn to. So maybe because I'll have to, I'll obviously have to rewatch four and five because I couldn't tell you a yeah, thing about those movies. So absolutely. maybe I, I try this machete order. Machete yeah. order. Machete. Machete. So yeah, uh, jumping back over to Book of Boba Fett real quick. My like kind of TLDR review of that series is it is I think everything good and bad about. Uh, something like The Clone Wars, which Dave Filoni and co. kind of worked on well before this, where uh, there's some great kind of characterization, a lot of really good world building, a lot of great characters, both major and minor. Both that himself, while not exactly the character that you knew from the original trilogy, is great in the series. Um, but much like the Clone Wars TV show, uh, the series jumps around a whole lot and spends, in some cases, entire episodes uh, completely away from the kind of main action of the series. And if you're totally down with that, if you're like, all right, I'm tuning into the series just to see, you know, what is going on in the lives of all these disparate, you know, lightly connected Star Wars characters, you'll probably like the series. But if that's not your cup of tea, uh, this series might not be for you. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's jump into our topic of the show for this week. So a couple weeks ago, Jacob, uh, you reached out to us and you said, you know what? What if you guys uh, did one of those lists on your podcast where you basically are kind of given a list of games, each with different monetary values, and you have to choose a certain amount of those games that will not exceed your budget? So you'll be given like, you know, hey, here are the, uh, the all, a, a grouping of like the top Wii games. And you have a few games uh, from the Wii that are worth $5. A few games are worth $4, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to choose a certain amount of Wii games that do not exceed $15. Uh, you recommended that we yeah. do that for the GameCube. And we kind of talked it among, about it amongst ourselves. And we're like, you know, we like the GameCube. We like its library. But what if we expanded it a little bit more to also include the original Xbox and PlayStation 2's libraries? Because then that would basically make up an entire home console generation. 
Uh, and so Love I it. went ahead and I created uh, a uh, tier maker list uh, that basically includes a selection of games from all three consoles, um, all at different kind of monetary values. Uh, if you're currently watching uh, the podcast on Twitch or on YouTube right now, you can see them plain as say. Uh, if not, I will go starting from the bottom towards the top. Uh, in composing this list, I tried my best to kind of get an even enough selection of GameCube, PS2, and original Xbox games. I didn't want to feel like I was particularly, you know, favorable towards one console over the other. So starting at the bottom, uh, at the $1 tier, uh, we have Ratchet and Clank, Up Your Arsenal, Final Fantasy X, uh, Animal Crossing for the GameCube, uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, uh, Jet Set Radio Future, and The Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Uh, at the $2 tier, we have Beyond Good and Evil, uh, Devil May Cry 3, Pikmin 2, Mario Kart Double Dash, uh, Ninja Gaiden Black, uh, which is the kind of enhanced version of the game that was simply titled Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox, and finally, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Uh, at the $3 tier, we have Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, uh, Silent Hill 2, Super Mario Sunshine, Soul Calibur 2, Fable, the original, and finally, Psychonauts. Uh, at the $4 tier, we have Okami, uh, we have God of War 2, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, Resident Evil 4, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, and finally, at the $5 tier, we have Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Metroid Prime 1, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Halo 2, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Now, the game plan for this evening is over the course of the next hour or so, we're going to be whittling down this list until we have a combined total of $20 or under worth in games. So our budget Whoa. cap is $20. Um, and before we do that, though, I do want to know, is everybody here okay with this list? Um, in composing this list, I kind of tried to consider, you know, one how popular the game in question was at the time of its release to how popular and important it is to the kind of console on which it was released and just sort of gaming culture as a whole. And three, you know, how popular it still is to this very day, how high in regard do people still hold it? And so, for example, on one end of the spectrum, you have a game like Halo 2, where, you know, I personally have expressed my qualms with Halo 2 on this podcast, but obviously I have to, you know, put my own ego aside and acknowledge how important that game is to the original Xbox. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have something like Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, where Thousand Year Door was well-liked and was well-reviewed at the time of its release, but it's really only in the modern era that that game has become as revered as it is. Uh, so much so that I felt like number four was probably around the best spot for that game. Are there any qualms, concerns, questions about the rankings for the games that I provided? I think we go with these games. I think that I think these will do. All right. I think it's it's great. I was looking at a list just now, and I'm like, oh, it's Fable. Fable's there. Mario Kart Double Dash. Mario Kart Double Dash is there. This looks list looks great. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Well, let's jump right in. Uh, so at the moment, 
we are $70 over budget. So does anybody <laughs> want to take a stab of where we should start? Are there any games that stick out to you that are must-haves that we need to keep? Are there any games here that you think we can pick off right off the bat? Can we get rid I, of Super Mario Sunshine? That game's a dumpster trash. Yes. Not yet. Not oh yet. no! Whoa! Why? I think it will. I think it will eventually leave, but I don't think it goes yet. I think. I think there is something valuable about Sunshine, the successor to um, Mario sixty four, like in the life of the GameCube. But a Mario game on the GameCube, like. But here's the deal. It's kind this of is important. we've got a twenty dollar budget. Are we spending yeah. three of our dollars on Mario Sunshine? I'm not. Absolutely not. And that's why that eh, maybe I, I'm. Nah. I'm a pretty big defender of Mario Sunshine, and even I would say that I think that there are other games okay. that we could budget for on this list. Okay. You, All right. So okay. we're taking Fair Mario enough. Sunshine off right off the bat. All right. That's sure. a hard cut first. Wow. I love it. It is. Okay. Uh, and with that, we're now $67 over budget. Uh, can I just suggest a cut first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. I think that's a cool game. Uh, I don't think it's essential when we think of this generation of video games. Uh, don't disagree. I, I will say, though, you know, this game is only a single dollar. And... You know, part of me can't help but fear that eventually we will get to the point at the end where, you know, we're at an odd number like 18 or $19 and we just need a couple more games to kind of pad it out. And, you know, at that kind of a point, something like the Chronicles of Riddick might actually really come in useful. Well, then then we can bring it back from. The yeah, I guess pile. that's yeah. I, I was acting like we couldn't do that, but that's totally that's totally fair. Or or we could take the perspective of. We need to cut from the top because realistically, we're probably only going to have at most three games from the top two rows, right? Yeah, yeah probably. So, yeah. so should we come up with our essential collection at the top? Which that's that's yeah. tough. That is tough. So yeah, it's 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 not as tough. I think I think I think it's a little easier to start by cutting the easy ones out. And I was also, the one I was going to suggest would, would have been Riddick because the one thing it had going for it, in my opinion, like, was it a good game? I don't know. Like, people look at it fondly, probably because of the official Xbox magazine demo disc that had the demo of it on it. And they were like, whoa, everything's so shiny because they did really good lighting tech. Yeah. So. And, and it was this really notable example of like, oh, man, this is a movie tie-in game for a movie that wasn't even you know that popular to begin with that inexplicably is also really good it definitely had that going for it too but i don't mind uh, kind of taking it off at least for now just so that we can lighten up our load a little bit Mm -hmm. all right who's next with a suggestion i got one um i don't think we need to worry about pink pikmin 2 hmm I think that's a that's an easy cut. I agree. I'm with you. Uh, I really like I, I like Pikmin the concept, but I don't think it's intrinsic to to the GameCube, let alone that whole generation. I, I really love Pikmin too, but I mean majority rules in this case, so we're gonna have to take him out. 
All right, we are at $64 over budget. Well, Cozy, it's your turn now. Is it my turn now? Did you go, Nathan? Do you have any thoughts? or? Yeah, I, my suggestion was uh, Mary Sunshine right off the bat. Oh, that's right. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Part of me, I'm like kind of sort of tempted to target Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal, but... The problem is, is that like, you know, uh, 3D platformers were a pretty defining part of the generation as a whole and also the kind of PlayStation 2 generation. We tend to forget about it, but like Sony was really kind of trying to chase the ghost of Crash Bandicoot that it recently divorced with uh, during that era. And it would feel a little bit unfair to kind of take it off because if I do so, then I feel like that's no longer any representation for Ratchet and Clank. That takes away representation for Sly Cooper and uh, Jack and Daxter all at once. But I want to hear if you guys have any hard yeah, feelings about none it. None of those games are there. Sly's not here. Jack's not here. So is Ratchet going to bear the, the torch of all of the PlayStation's platformers it, it, here? And that's I'm, what I'm, I'm concerned about. buck too. Ratchet for a dollar is a steal. I actually would have put up your arsenal higher. Um, that's a good Ratchet game. And I think at a dollar, we keep it on the list because that's a great game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would take Ratchet over any of the other $1 games on this list. Maybe Final Fantasy I would keep. Final Fantasy X is like a 100 plus hour game. And I put like <sighs> hundreds of hours into it. But yeah. Yeah. But then you got to play a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. It's great. Oh, get him. Well, no, they were great. They have not been great in recent years, and I'm as much as I'm excited about 16, I'm worried it's not going to be for me either. They're going too much into action RPG instead of turn-based combat. Hmm. Um, but I, I'd say keep Ratchet. I don't okay. know. I, I think for a dollar, it's a steal. See, this is why I wanted to consult with you guys, because, yeah, you know, I, I've not played Ratchet & Clank up your arsenal, and I didn't want to, you know, do something rash that you guys would have, you know, utterly revolted over. If it was deadlocked, I'd say you could drop deadlocked. That's the fourth one they did in the PS2 that was more like an arena shooter. Right. That didn't have story. It was 90% shooting and 10% platforming. This was still when they did like 50% platforming, 50% shooting. It was really good. Well, if I do, if I am to take off a game uh, during my turn here, I suppose I might as well, uh, target Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Uh, Eternal Darkness, obviously, you know, a kind of cult classic on the GameCube, a game that a lot of people have a lot of fondness over. I don't know ultimately if this game Canadian developed, uh, Silicon Knights. Yeah. Silicon Knights. Got it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we need it on the list that we're crafting, at least for now. Cut it. All right. Cut it. Eternal Darkness is off the list for now. Um, All right. I guess it's back to me. Yep. Um, okay. I'm going to come with our first $5 cut. Because <gasps> we've got to cut some $5 games here. And because it's not my favorite in the series, it's going to go. Uh, goodbye, San Andreas. Vice City with is the ya. superior game. 
Yep. So Night City is the more is the more important game. Yeah. Hold on. Let's uh, call a quick timeout here. Uh, in assembling this list, uh, one of the rules that I set out for myself is that I didn't want to use more than one game per franchise or series. So, for example, I only used Metal Gear Solid Three, even though some would contend that both two and three are worthy of being on a list like this. Uh, same idea with San Andreas. I used San Andreas in place of Vice City just because. Andreas came out a little bit later. It's a little bit bigger. Uh, but I do know that people do really enjoy Vice City. If this were to be Vice City, if we were to just pretend in our mind's eye that this says Grand Theft Auto Vice City, would you still want to keep it on? Yes. If it it was, would be a harder cut. It would be a harder a, cut a if much it was harder Vice City. We are the masters of this list. If you want uh, us to pretend for the rest of this episode this is Vice City, I have no qualms doing. No, that. we got to cut something. <laughs> we got to cut something, and it's there. All right. Does anybody uh, disagree with Nathan? I think I- I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted it's, personally. It's either it's either Grand Theft out of the five dollar one. It's either Grand Theft Auto or it's Shadow of the Colossus right now. Oof. Oh, I was going to say cut? Metal Gear Three. Uh, Sh- Shadow is kind of important to me. I was going to say that that should stay of all those games. But, I mean, it was important to the PS2 at the time, and it's got its remake now, and it's... But is it as important to that as Metal Gear was to it, or even Metroid Prime was to... I'd say more important. Isn't San Andreas the best-selling game on the PlayStation 2? Yeah, it, it's a, like 30 million. It was, it it was like cross-platform. A... It was cross-platform. You're I right. I think it... eventually Vice City came came to that Xbox. as well. But... It was on Xbox, you're right. Yeah. But I think if I'm thinking, hmm. like, let me take the other perspective. If I'm thinking of the maybe two games in the $5 tier that I want, San Andreas isn't on the list. Hmm. Yeah. I if, think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if I'm if I'm ranking them, it's probably at the bottom. And I know that it's culturally significant, and a lot of people love it. But like, I never loved. This might be contentious to say, but I don't really like the Grand Theft Auto series. Hmm. All right, AJ. I didn't like them till four. Four is where it got me. You can tip the vote here, AJ. Do you think that San Andreas deserves off the list? And what's the other option? <laughs> it stays on. Nothing. I just need to hear it. It stays mm-hmm. on for the time being? Just that. We're not like comparing it to something else. Okay, here's here's let me give you my my next one. So this would have been what I would have said next time. Metroid Prime needs to go. Mm, hard disagree. I've never played I think Metroid there are Prime, four games that are more important on the list before Metroid Prime. I think out of the uh, two Nintendo games, Smash Brothers is more important. I agree. It's a game that was still played in the tournament scene for... Uh, it's still being played in the it's tournament scene. It's still now, yeah. Yeah. And it's... Some would argue, like, playing it... Like, sure, maybe it's a little bit shallow uh, as far as, like, what comes in the package, but I think it's it's a perfect game. It's a per- It's a perfect game. It's a very good game. And it came out at the launch of the GameCube as well, which is even more stunning. Yeah. Well, by a month, I think it was off. Yes, you're right. 
My argument in favor of Metroid Prime is I would argue that Metroid Prime, also another game that uh, was very influential, not in the way of it being this sort of competitive game that you know continues to be played at tournaments, but influential on uh, many other developers that would come after it. You know, so much so that you even have modern games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which you know are very kind of slavish to its design, and also Metroid Prime One, a game that like design wise still holds up quite well, which is not necessarily something that you can say about every single game on this list. Mm-hmm. You know what, Nathan, the more, the more I mm-hmm. think about it, I- I'm probably going to piss some people off. I'm fine knocking Grand Theft Auto San Andreas off this list. I have realized in talking about Metroid prime that there are other games that I hold much more dearly than that game. And I'm fine taking it off if you're fine taking it off. All right. All right. We're good. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas goes off the list, which means that uh, we are now $58 over budget. Metroid Prime, yes or no? I vote no. Is it staying on? Uh, Hold on, hold on. You got me confused there. You're you're trying to mind trick me. (laughs) (laughs) I vote. Is it staying on for now, and then we move on to the next person? I vote that it stays on. I, yeah, it, it I'm indifferent. For now. I've never played the game. Uh, it should. It's pretty good. Okay, let's move on to the next one and see if we can get some cuts out of here. All right. Uh, by the way, I'm having a fight on Twitter with Court. Oh. Um, do you guys think G1 Transformers is better or Beast Wars is better? Beast Wars. Yeah, I said oh, do Beast you mean Wars Beasties? too. Beasties? Beasties in Canada, but Beast Wars yeah. is what it's known by. It's Canadian podcast, thank you. If you want to tweet at Court, uh, he's very mad at me. <laughs> on it. Um, I have one uh, that I can go with. Go Fable. Um, I put Fable on this list in large part because I know that it was a game that was you know, very important to the original Xbox's ecosystem. But even when I was, you know, doing my research for this list, like something that I saw come up quite often in lists of like the top 10, top 25 original Xbox games list was like, yeah, Fable 1 was great, but, you know, it it didn't fully kind of live up to the potential of what it promised. And Fable 2 was really where the series hit its peak. My only thing is like, while I have no qualms taking Fable off this list, I can't help but feel a little bit guilty about knocking Fable 1 off and keeping something like Paper Mario on, which, again, is an example of a game that in modern days is very revered, but at the time was not really viewed as sort of this cultural touchstone in the way that Fable was. I don't know. Where do you guys feel? Can I give you my chaotic internal thought about uh, something I was thinking related to Fable. Sure. I, I could lose the whole $3 here and be fine. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on each game in the $3 tier that we'll get to as we get to them. But what you're saying is Fable, you have no qualms knocking it off as well. No qualms. Cut it. Nathan, AJ? Yeah, cut cut Fable. Well, it, it, the first one was like good and of its time, but it's like... And and like the second one was was pretty good out at its time as well, but like then they kind of like shat all over it with the third one, and it's a whole there was thing. a connect one um, that really 
brought the series back. Yep. So oh, yeah. it's not on rails. As somebody who's on rails. Fable and is excited to play the next Fable by uh, Playground Games, the makers of Forza Horizon Five, um, <laughs> uh, for no reason specifically because maybe or maybe I'm not addicted to Forza Horizon. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, I've never played this, but I always heard that Molyneux never kind of lived up to that. Like he kind of lied to people about what you could do in that game. And it never lived up to the potential and the sequels got closer. But I don't think the first fable is where it's at. I need to play those games. There is the, all three of them are on Game Pass, I believe. They are, yes. Uh, the anniversary so. collections of the first two, I think. Yep. yep. You're right. Or editions or not collection, but anniversary ver- versions. Mm-hmm. Yep. I should play them as well. All right. We are currently at $55 over budget. Um, I think we can probably get rid of Ninja Gaiden Black. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Yep. No argument. Okay. Perfect. I feel bad for <laughs> that one's very easy. for Ninja Gaiden Black. That was easy. You yeah, know, but... there are a lot of games here that are relevant today from the perspective that you know there are certain games in the modern era that we can kind of draw parallel parallels with to them. I, I was going to make the argument that, you know, Ninja Gaiden Black does kind of prelude games like, you know, the Soulsborne games, Bloodborne, uh, Dark Souls and the like, in terms of their emphasis on really kind of hard, kind of get good difficulty. But I, I didn't feel like it was ultimately strong enough in my head when it came time to say it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, we are currently at $53 over budget. Nathan? Yes. I'm going to make a plea to keep a game. Okay. Oh. I'm going to change things up instead of cutting things down. As much as I've never played Animal Crossing, the original Animal Crossing, uh, I well. Put- hundreds and hundreds of hours into it's complicated because remember this game originally came out on the n64 in japan yes um but i was gonna say we should keep animal crossing on the list because it's a game you can literally play forever but also it features many nes games on it well it it was like a virtual console before virtual console hmm well i'll i'll put it at the top of the one dollar pile for now I, I don't feel strongly about it either way but i will do that to signify that i've heard your plea yeah it has balloon flight baseball oh, man. donkey balloon kong flight. Junior, donkey kong junior math donkey kong donkey junior kong math three wow excite bike <laughs> golf oh man uh, pinball, nothing gets me excited like excite bike soccer tennis <laughs> excite bike's great um where he was woods Ah, the best. I mean, these are all classic. Hmm. Here's my cut. Oh. Oh, Okami. Yep. Yeah. It's just expensive. When I think about, like, what's going to be our top three at the top of this price chart, I just don't think Okami... Okami's a cool game. I just don't think it stays with the classics that are up here. I can't it's argue that. very cool, and we deserve uh, another one. But it's also one of, yeah, mm. it's it's kind of hard to to 
keep it on the if budget. You, uh, so, yep. you know, in researching the games for this list, uh, you know, of course, I typed into my Google search machine best X games, like best PS2 games, best uh, GameCube games. Yep. When you do best PS2 games, at least this was on my search browser, literally the first one in like the row of games that appears at the top of your search results was Okami. Like this game continues to have a very fervent fan base, but honestly, I'm fine knocking it off. I feel like if we were stick with me on this, if we were doing a list where we were budgeting just the best Wii games, I actually would argue to keep it on there because I think this game is actually a really good Wii game um, even more so than it was a really good PS2 yeah. game but I know some people might take umbrage with that alright well Okami goes off the list we are now uh, $49 over budget Cozy you haven't given us one in a little while I have not do, do, do. Hmm, what do I want to knock off? Uh, I mean, I might as well... It, it feels a little bit unfair because it's kind of an easy pick, but Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Um, I, I understand that this game, you know, was uh, very beloved at its time uh, for both its single-player and multiplayer offerings, but mm, I, I, I feel like there are more interesting first-person and third-person shooters on this list to choose from. Does anybody want to make a counter-argument? No. I think the multiplayer no. was really cool. Uh, the Spies versus Mercs gameplay that right. was introduced in Pandora tomorrow. Uh, that would be on the edge to me of like what I'd want to see in the collection. I'm fine with letting it go. All right, going once, going twice. Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is off the list. It was off. Oh, it boy. was removal, removal from my list. All right. So we are currently at $47 over budget. I think I need to make an argument for something to stay. Oh. Out of the $3 tier, I think Soul Calibur needs to stay. Because it's specifically Soul Calibur 2. Yep. Right? I don't disagree with think that. Think about it. Think about it. It's a, it's a good, it's a really good fighting game, and it's a really good entry-level fighting game. You get all the weapons and stuff, and you customize your character that way. On the original Xbox... It had a unique character of Spawn on the Spawn. PS2. It had Heihachi. Yeah. And on the GameCube, it had Link. Like, that was the crossover of the generation. Like, holy yeah. shit. All, Link was in a fighting game. All three consoles got this game, and it was immensely popular. This was Soul Calibur at the height of its popularity. Yeah. It was absolutely. downward hill after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you're um, right, it's definitely a good example of a game that is very kind of representative of the generation that kind of permeated all three consoles in a really kind of significant oh, way. Man. Albeit, I would argue, it definitely yeah. permeated the GameCube more than perhaps the other two because of Link. 
I would disagree with that. I think the PS2, it did really well on. Um, because keep in mind, Soul Calibur, the original one, was a Dreamcast. That's where it performed best on. And it performed yep. best on the PlayStation 2. Um, mm, and a lot okay. of those Dreamcast people moved to the PlayStation 2. And actually, in yeah. my list of best-selling games here for the PS2, where does Soul Calibur show up? I would, I would, I would argue that the GameCube one was more popular, just solely based on Link. I, I would almost say it had more cultural it. cachet, probably. But I think yeah. just from the install base, like if Nathan said, "Hey, the PS2 game sold twenty to thirty percent more," I wouldn't be surprised. Just because there's so many more PlayStation 2s out there. Yeah, right. maybe. Well, I'm much... Uh, actually, I'm a liar. Uh-oh. It, it oh. looks like there's a, milli- a million sold. Um, one point something million poppy sold. It's like the 131st best game. I'm now checking on it PlayStation on PlayStation 2? On PlayStation 2. Now, keep in mind, the library is quite a bit deeper. It's the 33rd best game on this GameCube list, although there's only 35 games listed for GameCube. <laughs> um, it does say, though, that it's 1.09 million, so it did sell better on PlayStation. Hmm. Honestly, I thought it was sold much higher. That's only like 2 million copies between the two, and I can't imagine if sell- selling well on the Xbox at the time. Hmm. Hmm. Cozy, is it, is it your turn to... Make a cut. I feel I, like so I think Soul Calibur uh, Two stays on. I for did now. Uh, Chaos Theory uh, before Nathan. Uh, sorry, before AJ. You're right. You're right. What about you? Yeah. Um. Whew, uh. I want to make a hard cut. Ooh. Okay. Let's do a hard cut. I like Paper it. Mario Thousand Year Door. <laughs> Ooh. And here's here's my pitch. I've not played it. I played the original and I played uh Super Paper Mario. It I have two copies of Thousand Year Door. I will play it someday. It seems charming, endearing, cool mechanics, fun to play. You missed the best one. You played I hear that that's the good. best one in the series. I do. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I think of the games that are probably going to stay on this list. In my mind, it's some combination at the top, and I'm sorry if I'm leading the witness here, but it's probably RE4 probably needs to be on this list. Coder probably needs to be on this list. And either Melee or Halo 2 in my mind. So where does that leave like Paper Mario? That's true. And you could could make an argument, hey, Shadow, maybe. MGS3, maybe. Uh, Wind Waker, you're crazy, but sure. But I think there's a few weak links up here. Paper Mario Thousand Year Doors, I think, out of the 10 games in the top two rows, I think is the weakest of the games in the top 10, uh, top 10 games. Because we, we're going to get to a point where we have three or four games at the top, and I don't think Paper Mario is in that list. I said this at the front of our discussion. The thing about Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, though, is that like of any game on this list, it is arguably the one that is aged better than any of them in terms of how it still plays in the year 2022. Plays, sure. Story in Coder stands up. Probably stands up. It's probably why they're remaking it. A lot of people... And that's a whole different discussion that A I lot of people up. will contend that the story in Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is also really good, but... Yeah, I'm okay with cutting Paper Mario. 
it's a hard cut, but we have to make hard cuts on this list. AJ, have any thoughts? I think you can cut Paper Mario. All right. Vote passes. Dang. Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door Sorry, is cut. That's yeah, all right. I, I I enjoy Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. It's not even a favorite of mine. I was just trying to make the case of it, again, being the scheme that kind of holds up very well, but it's fine. All right. We are $43 over budget. I'm going to slash another $4. <gasps> Resident Evil 4. <laughs> Oof. But think about that cool chainsaw controller. No. Um, <laughs> I never Just liked no. Resident Evil 4. Um, I, liked, I, I've never ge- like never gelled with the Resident Evil games, and I've tried it. I didn't love the tank controls when I first got my PS1 on play on resident evil 3 and resident evil 2 and i was hoping resident evil 4 was going to be the one especially with the like everything that they talked about it but the controls just never got to me like having to stop to shoot was just a hassle not being able to run and shoot um i found it cumbersome and clumsy and i've never been a big fan of that and honestly i'd rather see wind waker god of war or kotor go go further than resident evil 4 now worth pointing out resident evil 4 a multi-console game uh much like soul Calibur, it's one of those games where you know when i think about it i think about it as being this game that kind of crossed consoles and kind of really is more representative of the generation as a whole than something like wind waker even does that does he still have his head originally it was a gamecube exclusive when it launched and he said that he would cut off his head if it came to other consoles. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's... Backtrack. Do we that. have to, like, really factor that much? His opinions that much? Like, I respect him, obviously, as a designer, but, like... Yeah. It was on GameCube, then it came to PS2, then it came to Wii, and then there was nothing, and then it came to modern consoles in the 360 PlayStation 3 era. Also, I'd make the argument that you can play that on any console at any point right now, and it doesn't necessarily need to be on this generation to play it. Hmm. Yeah. AJ. Hi. Does Resident Evil 4 stay? I think at this point, it doesn't. On Air with Jura says, RE4 started the -the over-the-shoulder camera. It reinvented Resident Evil and horror games. Hmm. Look, if I'm the only person, then I will. I will defer. I I say no. Is everyone else yes? If so, it's gone. I mean, we could always skip it for now and try and cut Can something I, else. I'm a democratic fella. If it's three against one, then we cut. Uh, it depends where cozy. Can at. I make a suggestion? What if we reframe this discussion, talking about horror games, to be between Resident Evil Four and Silent Hill Two? Silent Hill 2, directly below it at the $3 tier. And, you know, while Silent Hill 2 hasn't necessarily aged super well from a gameplay perspective, story-wise, people still really revere this game. And, you know, when people talk about the golden age of Silent Hill 2, they're generally Silent Hill as a franchise. They're referring to Silent Hill 2. It's this game that still, to this very day, gets people excited at the prospect of Konami reviving the series and or Kojima getting another hand at it.
I only played Shattered Dimension on Wii, which is a remake or a reimagining of the yeah. first game, and that yeah. was pretty. That was a pretty badass game. If I'm not mistaken, Sam Barlow was involved in right. that one. Who also was worked on, on PS2 and Wii. Who also good. worked on Telling Lies, which is our YYZ review game. So is Silent Hill for three dollars a better buy than Resident Evil Four for four dollars? If you're comparing genres. I mean, what we could do here is we could say which one would you keep, and then if it's unanimous, then we cut one. I would say maybe not the right way to go about it. As much as I respect Silent Hill Two, I would say keep Resident Evil Four. Same. All right. Well, we're tied. We'll sit on Resident Evil Four for now. All right. Silent Hill. Off you go. I think I've got a an easy one that we can cut. Oh, what is it? Jet Set Radio Future. Yeah. Yep. yep. I think that's just I think that's just purely nostalgia goggles at this point. I tried playing the remake of Jet Set Radio, the first the Dreamcast game, and as much as I love that game back on Dreamcast, it did not the remake did, or the remaster did not play well. And I don't think it's aged super well. So I'm fine with that. And, and not that it's exactly the same game, uh, but if we are keeping Ratchet and Clank, uh, the one that we talked about earlier, like I don't know that we need to have Jet Set Radio as well. Yeah. Honestly, like the three that we've got in the $1 tier, I'm fine with those staying, um, considering it's three of the $20. Like it's a lot of value there. Hmm. We are currently $39 so, over budget, by the way. Okay. Uh, so we need to slash 20 more dollars. And let's be honest, most of it has to no, come we up need here to, the 5 and the $4. We need to slash 39 more dollars. Oh, sorry. I thought you said we're at 39 <laughs> Nope. My apologies. Sorry. Right. Yeah, we got a lot more Math. slashing to do. Um, can we um, take Devil May Cry? Is that three off? That's two off. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, Devil May Cry. I don't think I don't think it holds up with our limited budget. Yeah. All right. It just seems like a quick, easy. Cut. I don't. I don't have any strong yep. feelings about it either way. So off you go. Devil May Cry is no longer on the list. There's no Kingdom Beyond, Hearts on the list. I beyond good I, I just want to say very quickly I, I did consider putting kingdom hearts 2 at the one dollar tier uh th- that's another example of a game much like um super mario the thousand year door where people have come to revere it in the modern age it's looked back on as one of the better games from that generation at the time was not super beloved ultimately though it came down between that game and final fantasy x and it's like i feel like i want to go with final fantasy x because that was a game that at least at its time, was also really revered in a way that Kingdom Hearts 2 was. Yeah. So I'm a Beyond Good and Evil stan, but I'll listen to our argument for removing it. I just think that it doesn't maybe hold up as well in 2022. And again, I don't think that's necessarily the reason why you cut it off the best games of the you know generation list. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think it was as transcendent as I, some of the other titles here, and I don't think yeah. it it's as it holds up as well. 
as most I, of the titles here we have left. I want to take a moment and acknowledge our position in society as men, uh, white men, and I know some some girls in high school who weren't big into video games were actually kind of got into them because of Beyond Good and Evil, right? So that's a perspective we we maybe should consider, even though like it's it's kind of hard to for us to have that perspective. Um, it would it was definitely having a female uh, protagonist at the front of it was definitely influential mm. for for a lot of people who are not like us in that way. He's a good point. Yeah, I, I have no qualms uh, taking Beyond Good and Evil off the list. I, I will say, I do think, and you know, this is all very kind of speculative. This is all very kind of alternate reality ish. But I do think that if we had gotten a sequel to Beyond Good and Evil that was not even necessarily all that much better, but at least comparable to the original game in terms of quality, I don't know that we would be talking about the original Beyond Good and Evil with as much reverence as we do. I think the fact that that was the only Beyond Good and Evil game kind of cemented it as a sort of perennial game that people look back on super fondly. Um, but again, yeah. this is all so speculative. Remember this? Remember the sequel they announced for it? Right, which is mm-hmm. now in development yeah. hell. Yeah, it was announced in 2017. I was just looking at it. Or E3 2016. I forget when it was. No, what wait. is Michelle Ansel doing? He's no longer at uh, Ubisoft. Didn't he leave? Yeah. Is he working on NFTs? What is he doing? I think he went. Probably. I think he went to work at like an animal preserve. That's not a joke. That's legit what he yeah, did. Yeah, no, I believe that is true. He had some issues too. He was one of the people that Ubisoft had some of the controversy with. Mm. Um. In July 2021, Ubisoft stated in a financial report that development was progressing well, but did not answer a question about its release date hmm. for the sequel for Beyond Good and Evil 2. So that still may happen, although it does not look anything like the original Beyond Good and Evil. So, yeah. All right, Nathan, have any regrets yep. about me taking it off? or Take it All off. Right. It makes me sad. Sorry. It's a good game. If you haven't played Beyond Good and Evil, it's... I think it still holds up. It's very much a Zelda-like, and you get to use a camera mm-hmm. and take pictures of things, which is very cool. Let's cut some top stuff. This yeah. list is super top-heavy. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's too top-heavy. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Man, these are going to be hard. The thing about Knights of the Old Republic is, you know, as revered as yeah. it is, I would argue that the Mass Effect games are way more revered. And the Mass Effect games, not that that different from Knights of the Old Republic mechanically, gameplay-wise. Knights of the Old Republic plays, it's been a long time, but it plays more like a traditional CRPG like Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I Am I right if yeah. I say that? Yeah, I know that. It's very different than Mass Effect. I It is. Maybe when I said mechanically, let's scratch that part off. But certainly there are a lot of parallels between the two of, you know, journeying throughout the galaxy, visiting different races and alien cultures, having a kind of morality system and a kind of plot that you can pick and choose things on so that you can sculpt it to your own liking. I think the argument to get rid of it, though, and maybe if it is on there, is that... 
It, it we are getting a remake. It's true, and it's available on modern consoles, or well, the Switch. It's on the Switch. Can I make a suggestion for a, a different way that we look at the top two rows? Sure. Yep. Sure. What are the games that, realistically, with the budget we have? Again, I'm a, I'm a I'm a finance guy right yeah. now. Yeah. We could probably only afford three at most in the top yes, rows, right? I agree with that. Yep. So I'd love to know what everyone's top three are, because if okay. there's some, if there's games on there where it's on no one's top three, then we can probably just cut them. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. I can go first because I suggested sure. it. Yeah, go first. Yeah. Yeah. RE4, Coder, Melee. It we're, It's so tough. There's probably two games that I regret on there, but that's my list there. Okay. Mine is Wind Waker, Shadows of the Colossus, and God of War 2. Okay. Mine. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, mine would be Metal Gear Solid 3, Metroid Prime, God of War 2. <laughs> <laughs> All the games are accounted for. Are they? <laughs> There's one that's not right now. And it's about to be said. Go go ahead, AJ. <laughs> say Halo 2. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Halo 2. <laughs> um we're we're only looking at the top yeah. two rows, yeah, right? Top yeah. two rows. Uh Halo 2, Smash Brothers. And Wind Waker. Okay, so here's what did happen. We got two votes on God of War 2. We got two votes on Wind Waker. We got two votes on Smash. Yeah. I'll move Smash up in the pile to kind of underscore that fact. So. Okay, we need to make some decisions here. What are we cutting? Hmm. Jacob's right. We've got to hit the top. I still think Knights of the Old Republic should probably go. I can see the argument for uh, it. I can see the argument uh, too. I, was I the only one that said Coder? Because if yes. I was, then I can I can let it go. Yeah, you were the only Coder. I can let Coder right. go. Coder is yeah, the only ones the that list. got multiples were Melee, God of War 2, and Wind Waker. Those were the only two. Even, even still, I think that like just from like a... a personal list perspective like we're not like we're not a hundred percent going by that we're we're kind of going by like re relevance and like mm -hmm. i was the one who said halo 2 but i halo 2 is so influential with xbox live, xbox live and and the multiplayer and you, you know it it's it's very important was i again I, the only person that said re4 yep i can but yeah we wanted to keep that earlier <sighs> yeah so yeah but well we wanted to on. keep it earlier but maybe now is the time do we want to take a very quick break from the top two rows okay do you got a quick cut do we want i was gonna make one suggestion before doing that i was fine transferring my vote from re4 to halo 2 if it if it cuts re4 okay i'm okay with that that moves Halo 2 to the top of the five tier. All right. With a smash. Well, I'm fine with that. If that's where the vote comes down, then I suppose that Resident Evil 4 is off the list. Wow. Sorry, on air. What's our dollar total? 
we are with that. Uh, we are twenty seven dollars over budget. I just want to say sorry to on air with Jer. We appreciate you tuning in to watch, but alas, Resident Evil Four was not able to make the cut. Oh no! Keep in mind, this is all our per like our personal list. This does not reflect anything. Like everybody has their own different favorites, and this is. But interesting. if you disagree with it, you're wrong. Uh, no, <laughs> plain and simple. That's not what I was saying. Mitch is gonna um, listen and scream at you guys next week for some reason. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk. So, Shad. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to just take a brief detour to the three dollar tier. Uh, does anybody have a compelling argument to keep either Psychonauts or Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time on the list? Nathan, you're currently, I think, the most familiar with Psychonauts. Unless you've played it, Jacob. I have. Um, I played one and two, and I would probably okay. count Psychonauts 1 among my top 15 of all time. I played... And I'm okay, I'm okay with cutting it here. Yeah, I played one recently. Uh, Psychonauts 2, I played all the way through and 100%ed. Um, I'm okay with one going. I love Double Fine. I love Tim Schafer. Um I think two's better. Hmm. All right. Two's yeah. a modern game. I just think one, like Double Fine, this was their like magnum opus back in the day. It Microsoft almost bankrupted the company because they let this game go to Majesco publishing wise. Yeah. I think there's a cool story here. Yep. I think it's a good game. It's a good story. I can let it go. Yep. Yeah. I don't I feel disagree. bad for it because it was one of those games that was like well liked at the time, and I feel like people have only kind of come to appreciate it even more with age, as like the themes you know and subject matter yeah. that it, it it explores has only become more and more relevant. But yeah, we can take it off. Uh, any strong thoughts on Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time? So I really like that game. In a lot of ways, it brought back like three D action adventure games uh the rewind mechanics were really cool and revolutionary at the time because no game was playing around with like rewinding your actions and you could literally try everything and just rewind rewind and nothing else had done anything like that before hmm. it's also there's a reason they're remaking it yeah although hopefully hopefully we'll it'll turn out well um i have a lot of respect for this game i feel like it's really hard to keep this game on this list uh so long as we also have God of War 2, The Wind Waker, and potentially Metroid Prime. I think it's a better game than Metroid Prime, but mm. we can cut sense of, we can foot we can cut sands of time. Again, I, I I really don't think Soul Calibur 2 belongs here in our budget, but I can fight that a little bit later. Do you would you put Prince of Persia over Soul Calibur 2? Yeah. I would, but I would also cut them both over many of the things we have in the top two rows. This yeah. is the fun budgetary decision we have to make now. AJ, do you have any thoughts on Prince of Persia? None, and I think that means it should All go. Right. Yeah. Prince of Persia okay is out of here. You, you know, the argument I would make for keeping Soul Calibur 2 um, is that it's infinitely playable. That's the one nice thing about fighting games. It's not like a story yeah. in which you finish and then it's done. Yeah, exactly. Like you can always, it's always pick up and play, like mash the buttons or don't. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, there's something to that. That five dollar row, we need to trim. We something. are currently two two games from that top. We are currently twenty one dollars over budget, so we're getting there, but it's getting tough. What if I gave you an extra five dollars from my wallet, cozy? <laughs> uh, let's talk about a game we've not really talked about all that much. Metal Gear. Oh, just Metal right Gear Solid it. Three Snake Eater. I'm not a Metal Gear Solid guy. I have no attachment. I'm easy for it coming off, honestly. Um, I think if you're going to talk about the big Metal Gears, it would have been one and two. Three is one of those ones which I think it's critically liked, but I don't think people liked it as much. It's, I mean, it still remains sort of like when people kind of make their list of like the top Metal Gear Solid games, Metal Gear Solid 3 is really up there. I it's always true. think of the end, the boss battle. Right. Where, oh, yeah, know, that's good. Very cool how you could just turn off your console, come back, and he might... Spoilers for MGS3. In a, in a week. He might die. Whoa. Yeah, oh, wait. I know. Wasn't there... You could adjust the clock for one of them, and yep. they'll just die? Yeah. Yep. That's, that's precisely yeah, that's the him. boss that's I'm talking about. Yeah. I oh, love sorry. Metal Gear Solid, the series. I think it's bananas... It's still playable. Like I was watching Lucy James stream MGS2 last night, the conclusion, and I'm like, wow, this game is unique and and batshit. But I think that compared to some of the other games here, it's something we could cut. Who who picked it? Uh, I did. I was it you? Picked them all. Now here's here's the thing. This is one of those things where. I didn't absolutely love Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater when I played it, but I still like I still respected it enough that I felt it should stay. I mean, AJ, do you have any hard thoughts? Um, I mean, I I like I like Metal Gear. Um but like as as much as people love the story and Kojima and stuff like that, I those games are not fun to control, and they didn't quite get good. Some some could argue four, but I would argue five is where it actually. So like for this generation, like I don't know if it's as big as or important as some of the others up there it's it's a tough baby to kill but if we're all for it whoa i'm willing to take it off all right going once kill sam bridges baby going twice metal gear solid three is off i feel like that was the first really big kill of this list for crafting but it had to happen all right, yep. we are now officially $16 over budget, so we're coming very close. Oh. Um, man, I'm okay. I don't want to lose God of War 2. I think it's the crowning achievement of the PlayStation 2, and it's really like the last major game that came out for probably that generation. Because the PS3 launched when yeah. God of War 2 dropped. I mean, it gets... It did. If you really kind of want to stretch things out, remember that Persona 4 also released on the PlayStation 2 around the same time. 
Yes. Although I don't, I, I didn't that's include true. that yep. game on this list because I feel like that's more of like a like a Vita slash PlayStation Three slash PlayStation Four era game, the way that people kind of remember it. But by the time yeah. people played Persona, yeah. yeah. God of War Two or Shadow of the Colossus? You think that only one should stay? The stay or go? Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. I say Shadow stays over God of War. I think so too. <sighs> yeah, it pains me to say it. We're essentially going to have like one genre. Like, really, this list is going to be probably five to seven games, right? Yeah, that's likely. So I'm just thinking, like, do we need both? PlayStation 2 games, play, uh, Sony first party, um, focused on story, great worlds, technical achievements in the day. I think we we have one. Yeah, and it's, I mean, they're not perfectly alike, but I feel like there are enough parallels there. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of God of War 2, but I definitely, for, especially from like an artistic perspective, you know, the way that shadow of colossus tells its story and the kind of melancholy that it holds like god of war 2 definitely doesn't hold up in that regard god of war 2 from a gameplay perspective on the other hand really does hold up but i'm fine taking it off if we're all fine with doing so yeah i'm I, yeah i, can I think that's it. the right right call all right yep. god of war 2 is off the list uh we now are only 12 dollars over budget We're close. We're cutting in there. It's got to be some of these $5 games. <laughs> yeah, we have to cut two $5 games. <laughs> can, can I be yeah, I know, right? Can I be really petty and take a quick detour to ask if it's necessary that we keep Final Fantasy X? Yes. For a dollar, yes. Compared with the other dollars... I would drop I Animal Crossing can, before Final Fantasy. I would X. drop Animal Crossing. Yeah, I would too. Oh, really? I mean, I don't. I don't have any attachment yeah. to Animal Crossing yeah. myself. Jacob, do you have any thoughts on Animal Crossing? Yeah, I would take Animal Crossing over Final Fantasy X every day. I would take Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal over Final Fantasy X every day. But that's because I'm not a like JRPG guy. I'm a and big JRPG guy. You are, yeah. Yeah. But think about the list comp, right? Like that could be the only JRPG on the list. That's fair. We have two fighting games. We have a racing game. Honestly, I'm I'm right in the same boat with you guys. Actually, like I would rather take Final Fantasy X over Animal Crossing, even though I'm not particularly partial towards yeah. X. Are we fine taking Animal Crossing uh-huh. off? No, I would take Animal Crossing over Final Fantasy every day. Is what I said. Oh, yeah. No, J- Jacob's on the opposite side, but I think. But it is majority rule. If I'm if I'm three to one, then yeah. I'm yeah, and then I'm out. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are now eleven dollars. Rosetti, do you remember Mr. Rosetti? Yeah, uh, I, I sure Rosetti. remember Mr. Rosetti from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, where he would interrupt everyone on screen. Why are we bringing the worst part of Final Fantasy X up? The Blitzball. Everything else is perfect. Do you re- except Blitzball? I mean, listen. do you remember in that audio drama where Titus died because of an explosive Blitzball? No. What? <laughs> I've not heard this. We're 11 bucks over budget yes. now, right? Yeah. We got to drop something else. All right. Okay. okay. Go for it, AJ. In in the in the 5 
$5 tier, I think the two games that I think should stay in the $5 are Smash and Halo. Mm -hmm. Because of their their overall cultural influence and what they brought not only to the generation, but to the generations after it. I, I made the argument before for Shadows Stain um, because like it's been remade twice at this point. It's been remade for the PS3 and it's been remade for the PS4. Yeah. Um, because of how good that game is. But on that same token, it is playable elsewhere. And I've used that for an argument for, and probably the better version if you were going to play is the PS4 version at this point. Yep. So. Now, AJ, how do you feel about that argument being applied to Halo 2? Because I think a lot of Halo fans would contend that the best way to play Halo 2 is via the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, so... uh... You kind of have to do two. You can't even play. You have to. Halo 2, they just shut the servers down, did they not? Uh, That was three. Wind Waker's on Wii U. Like, I think you can make that argument about a lot of these games. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. And so, like, if. Like, we're not, we're not limiting, like, to the. We're not limiting ourselves into, like, what, what counts as, like, a, a good impactful moment or whether or not you like yeah that's true if it's valid it's valid um i just personally think halo 2 being the cultural touchstone and and what what created a lot of the overall standards for online play at least at the very least on console um has a lot to do you know, it, it it has a lot to do with just, like, its importance and its impact that it had. So it's like... Can I tell you about how I think about this exercise? Okay. I think about the sure. dorm bro who's, like, 19 years old and he loves sports and he drinks a, a lot of beers with his, gut, with his boys and he, yep. he doesn't play a lot of video games he doesn't spend a lot on video games because he doesn't have a lot of money to spend on them. And he's got maybe five or six games next to his nightstand. What are the six games going to be on his nightstand? That's the way I think about this exercise. And yeah, I don't fair. think Metroid Prime is on that nightstand. I agree. I agree. Cozy's like, no! That's what we need. Can, can I deflect once again and go down another petty side <laughs> tangent? We have yep. not talked. We voted though, right? Oh, I, I do want to, before we get to that, I do want to say we have not talked at all about Mario Kart Double Dash, which is the last game at the $2 tier. I was do fine we, leaving it because it's we, one of those infinitely replaceable. I understand games. that, but do we, yeah. Like, do we also feel like we're just sort of giving it to this game because it's, you know, a game in a genre that isn't really represented elsewhere on this list? Like, I feel like other than that, Mario Kart Double Dash doesn't really have anything else to stand on. We're $11 over, yes. right? Yeah. So what's the combo that's going to take $11 off this list? Two plus nine. Are we trying nine. to get precisely to, like, Yeah, we need to, to get 20? to $20. Okay. Okay. Shadow of the Colossus, Metroid Prime, 
Final Fantasy. Ooh, I love mm. that so There's much. Eleven, I, right I there. I would, I would keep Final Fantasy X on this list and knock off Mario Kart. I, I, the three that I, I said cut eleven and we're done. I would be willing to cut Double Dash, but then we're going to add something back at the one dollar tier. Maybe Animal Crossing, which I would be okay with. Yeah. But we would, we would do that at the end. After we arrive at uh, nineteen dollars, I th- I'd, I'd argue I'd ar- argue Mario Kart is more important than Animal Crossing. Like, I agree with you. Dollars and I th- cents. I think, I think. Okay, the, wait, the way wait. It is like okay. Let's get a Final Fantasy. Would you take Ratchet? Can we cut Soul Calibur? Yes. <laughs> I was no, okay with it staying it's before. Infinitely- but I think it's infinitely playable, like you said. I think your argument still stands. But I think Final Fantasy X and Ratchet and Clank are worth saving over Soul Calibur. I, I feel like between Soul Calibur and Mario Kart Double Dash, Soul Calibur just holds a little bit more weight again because it was this like console-spanning game that meant something a little bit different to uh, each of the three consoles. Mario Kart Double Dash Cozy. meant something to the people on GameCube, and I'm not saying that something was nothing, but yeah, it's not. Uh... It was a good cooperative racing game, like the first time really that's ever been done. Like you think of all the 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 assist modes where, like you know, you you can like hand the second um, switch. Uh, remote or whatever to to your kid or whatever and they can like gather stars in galaxy or something um you know it's 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 a cooperative experience in in double dash where you can you you could just control both and you just swap the person that you want um you're you're kind of like developing like a good it really you're building your cart in a way um because like you you need to like know what characters uh way way what and then you also have to know what kind of special item they have um but then the cooperative side of it like you could play one cart with you and your friend and you have to coordinate like the timed i think it was the z, the z button press yep. uh where you can swap swap around and stuff and i think that i think that's super rad cozy i love you what's your game here because i think that we've talked about metroid prime about three times and each time you're like but how about this other video game i i think what are you, we, trying, to, what wait, are you trying to do here if we took just took a democratic vote right now of metroid prime does it go just put your hand up uh, damn it <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to move this. To be I fair, I do want to move this podcast along. We can't be here forever, so I guess yeah. majority thoughts. Uh, before we whittle down the final, secretly got our twelve-hour stream this this. B- one before somewhere. we whittle down the final <laughs> six dollars that we need to take off this list, do we have any strong feelings against the Wind Waker sticking on? I'm a big Wind Waker stan. It's the best Zelda. Yep, I'm um, there with you. Yeah. Do we, um, in, in the same way that we talked about Shadow of the Colossus making God of War 2 redundant, do we feel like Shadow of the Colossus potentially also makes Wind Waker redundant? I'd say you get rid of Shadow of Colossus before Wind Waker. I agree. Hmm. 
But I could make an argument. Are you trying to angle that we get rid of Double Dash and Zelda and we're done? <laughs> Is that what you're getting? No, I'm at, not Rosie? thinking that far ahead. I'm just trying to. I'm just. I, I'm trying to make sure that we like touch on each game in a meaningful way. And uh, we had not really talked about the Wind Waker all that meaningfully, so I just wanted to touch on it. Did we talk that much about Ratchet? We did at the beginning. Yeah, very early on. For a dollar, I said on? it was worth keeping. It was one of the first games we talked about. Hmm. Um, I'm okay with Shadows going. I'm a big Shadows Same. fan. But at this point, you look at what's left to get us under budget. I am okay with Shadow going. I started my podcast because of Shadow of the Colossus. It was our first episode. It was a two-parter. Um, I love that game, and I'm okay if we cut. So, oh wow! I was just gonna say. So you'll you if we you're willing to keep it if you end your podcast completely and it's done. <laughs> so no, the thing on this out of this list, I don't think Soul Calibur deserves to be on this list. I truly, yeah. truly don't. So, but look, I also don't want to be. I'm here a all big night. Soul Calibur fan. It's just what what's the mat the final math here? If we eliminate Soul Calibur, that means we need another three dollar game, right? Yeah. The math doesn't. Or add we up take anymore. Shadow as well, and we add two dollars back. Yeah. Oh, so what was in the initial two. Hold on, let's tour? let's backtrack real quick. So, are all three of you okay with removing Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah. All yeah, right. I, I, I like. I, I would. I would keep Shadow of the Colossus on this list, but like, I don't have okay. the same reverence. I don't have the same reverence that I have uh, towards Metroid okay. Prime One. So we, I, I have like no qualms taking it we, off. Let's drop Soul Calibur and bring Beyond Good and Evil back in the two dollars tier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, you're, you're saying Shadow of the Colossus is off? Okay, yeah. all right. So yes. that yes. puts us a dollar yes. away. Drop Final Fantasy. Done. Boom. Nope. Soul Calibur three goes. Too. We bring uh, Beyond <laughs> Good and Evil back, and that gets that makes the math work. I'm a huge Ratchet stan. Yeah. I'm also fine if you cut Ratchet. I think I, Melee being on this list, yes. Halo 2, yes. Wind Waker, yes. Anything else below that line, I could hear an argument for. Mm -hmm. The Okay, Soul Calibur. Not only was it multi-platform, but your platform of choice got something unique and special. It wasn't just the same clone of the game. It, it, it got it got something unique and special, and that in itself, in the gaming sphere, not like the the overall world or whatever, like, but in the gaming sphere, it 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 meant something important back back in the day. Like I remember it clearly. Going to so I. My dad lives in California, and so I went to the local Hollywood video, and there was a game crazy attached to it. And I remember somebody had imported the Japanese version of Soul Calibur 2 for the GameCube, and they were, they were just standing there playing it, going ham. Like, I... I it has to... It, like, People imported game games from Japan all the time to get be able to play them early and get them early. But I never really 
you'd see it casually around like a lot of places like oh yeah you know i imported this here and there whatever people went out of their way to import Soul I, I think because they knew before they it even came out that it was going to be something the special. top three games on this list melee halo 2 and the wind waker are a lock do we want to state yep. uh, of the yes. bottom four games which one we want to keep which three we want to keep and then based on that determine what goes that's not a bad way to do it. So whichever has the least votes. Yes, that's the idea. Uh, yep. I vote to keep Soul Calibur, Ratchet and Clank, and Final Fantasy X. Should we just say the one that, just for simplicity's sake, or yeah. do we want the votes of? Do we want the votes of everything? Uh, l- l- do we want to do which one you don't want or which three you want? Yeah, I guess I guess the one we don't want. I guess that's simpler, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So Mario Kart Eight, yeah. I don't want. Double Dash. Mar- right. Mario Kart Double Dash. Correct. Yeah. No, I think AJ's saying that's his too. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, okay. That's not what I'm saying. Sorry. Okay. Um, I would... I think... Honestly, it's a, it's a coin toss between Ratchet and Final Fantasy. Um, okay. Overall, I think... I'd get rid of Final All Fantasy. Right. Nathan? Because it has Blitzball. Think about it, Nathan. I hate Blitzball, but the rest of that game is Exactly. Perfect. Think about it. It's, but it's, it's, it's like 100 hours of perfect. By Blitzball. Blitzball. <laughs> Plus, it's got Bender in it. <laughs> and All right, guys. We need to speed it along. Speed it along. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to get rid of one, I'd probably pick Soul Calibur 3. Y- you mean Soul, Soul, Soul Calibur 2 guy. at the $3 tier? Oh, two. Yeah. All right. Jacob? Yeah. Soul Calibur 2, but like Final Fantasy X, I'm also good with getting rid of. And that's just a genre thing for me. I'll just go with whatever. But I know it's essential. At this point. I know FF10 is essential. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's no seven. Sorry? It's better so than seven. It's an... So hold on. Do we have two votes for Final Fantasy X? Two confirmed votes or two iffy votes? Why don't we don't cut know. Ratchet and call it a day? Yeah, let's cut Ratchet. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Okay. I, I mean, I like I said, I it. wanted to keep Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal on the list because I felt it important to kind of have a game that represents, you know, that aspect of the PlayStation 2 era and, you know, that era as a whole. But, yeah, I don't have any qualms really keeping it on. I don't have any. I mean, I don't have any qualms taking it off is what I should have said. All right. Uh, and yeah. with that, are we still friends after that? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, th- I think we ended positively. Like uh, some concessions were made. I think overall, if if we were to pick a winner, I think I'm the winner here. I think but you are. Yeah, I think <laughs> I are too. And <laughs> I don't know how I did that. that. We have arrived at the final list in front of us. Uh, at the $5 tier, we have both Super Smash Bros. Melee and Halo 2. The $4 tier, we have The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. At the $3 tier, we have Soul Calibur 2. At the $2 tier, we have Mario Kart Double Dash. And at the $1 tier, we have Final Fantasy X. Wow. I can't believe we did it. We actually did it. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> it took us longer than I thought it would, but I should have thought it was going to take this long. Honestly, I feel we had a good conversation um, is, along the way. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this was really interesting. This was a great game idea, uh, Jacob. Yeah, really thank you. you suggesting this. Of course. All right. Well, uh, with that done and over with, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to Press YYZ. Uh, if you enjoyed this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Press YYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash Press YYZ to keep the conversation going. Jacob, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they do so? Yeah, the best place to find me is at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Uh, I've been posting daily content on TikTok, uh, so I, I super love the work that's been I've been doing there. Like it's it's a super interesting and fun platform. Um, so I would say if you want to find my work, Twitter and TikTok are probably the best places. And then I host two podcasts. If they want to find you, uh, one I just called, want to say, if they want to find you on TikTok, is it also at Jacob McCourt? Branding baby. Perfect. J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T on all platforms. Uh, nice. I host two podcasts, one called Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast, the seasonal show about video game movies and TV. Uh, we just wrapped up season three at the end of 2021. We're on hiatus because one of our co-hosts had a child and we'll be back in 2022 with a whole season four of Madness. Boo uh, children. The, boo children. <laughs> uh, the other boo. show is called Left Behind Game Club. It's a video game book club podcast. Uh, where every other week we take a game and we dissect it in a way that is informative, uh, funny, and mostly positive. This past week, uh, we just played uh, Life is Strange. Uh, we are going through that for the first time in a five-episode series. So Ooh. again, cutscenes and Left Behind Game Club on all major podcasting platforms. Cool, 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 cool. And with that, we want to thank you all for playing. <laughs>